It's time to take a look around the NFL with our weekly visit from John McClain here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And John McClain will join us in a matter of seconds here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Of course, we have the question on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R, that, you, uh, that I threw out there to you, and we'd love you to be a part of the show. Realistically, how good do you think this Raiders defense could be in 2022? Simple as that. That is the question. But right now, let's go out to the phone lines and talk to our good friend, John McClain. And John, as we start, first of all, hopefully you had a really good Labor Day. I see that you are the seniors, the senior Texan columnist for Sports Radio 610. That's one of the announcements. I saw on Twitter earlier today. Tell us about that uh, new adventure you're, you're doing. Well, that's a Texans flagship. I've been working for them for 23 years, and I do five shows a week, and I offered to do a column for their website, sportsradio610.com. That has grown to three columns a week, and I've been doing three podcasts a week for their website. <laughs> so I'm staying busy on the website, but the one I'm – really excited about is gallerysports.com. Okay. I am the uh, columnist writing four times a week for Jim Mattress Mac McInvale, our country's most renowned gambler and furniture salesman. And uh, he started talking to me about a website dealing with sports. We're going to have another one coming on gaming. And uh, it's great to be a big part of it, one of Houston's most iconic sports figures mm-hmm. and uh, community leaders. And so I can write football, NFL, college football. In my 47 years, I've never written about college football. Wow. 42 years of hockey in the last 45 for the NFL. So, Q, I'm going to be able to write about Baylor, A&M, Texas, whoever I want. But I'm going to focus on the NFL, especially the Texans, uh, early in the season. And uh, I'm excited about it. I've got two columns on gallerysports.com. And as Mattress Max says in a lot of his furniture ads, it's free, free, free. <laughs> no paywall on Gallery Sports. And we cover colleges, Astros, NFL, everything. And there's no paywall on sportsradio610.com. We're at my first column up today. I've got two up on Gallery Sports with two more coming this week. Nice. Thank I like you for letting me. Let me promote it. I'm from now on. If you don't mind, just say from gallerysports.com and sportsradio610.com. Done deal, John. You never retired. There was no retirement <laughs> there at all, John. <laughs> well, I retired from the Chronicle, and one of the reasons is I can I can get my pension and I can do commercials for radio. Chronicle in 47 years, newspapers don't let their writers do endorsements, and uh, now Sports Radio 610. I'm going to start doing some endorsements and making a little extra money. That's what I'm talking about. Look at John McClain. All right, John, I got to ask you about Mattress Mac because I am fascinated <laughs> by this guy. Can you just give me a little bit of like his Houston lore and the legend of Mattress Mac? He's and the man. could you and could you slide me some info and some inside info on the bets that he places? So you know when he puts like fifty million on something, maybe I'll just put my fifty dollars down on it as well. He put 10 down on the Astros. Nobody takes the full bets anymore, so he has to fly around the country, $2 million here, $2 million there. He won $15 million when Kansas won the uh, NCAA, and he knows how to hedge his bets because he makes a fortune from furniture sales. <laughs> Jim McInvale is from Dallas, played football at the University of Texas, graduated from uh, North Texas. He's 71. Came to Houston in 81, had opened a furniture business with three employees, 
and sold all his furniture the first weekend and goes, wow, this can be a profitable business. So he's been doing this. He's a philanthropist. Everybody in his store, which has a 100,000-square-foot showroom, 100,000-square-foot warehouse, 90 trucks because his motto, buy today, we deliver tonight. And he gives away so much money. Airland Little League team went to the World Series. He brought them all to the Astros, put them down on the field. Got Alex Bregman and uh, uh, one of the pitchers to come out and talk to him. Uvalde, where they had the massacre. Mm -hmm. They came and were honored the Astros, and he took a little girl out to the pitcher's mound to throw out the first pitch. You'd think he's part of the organization. He gets a lot of respect around Houston because he does a lot of things in the community. And if he wins the 74 mil, I'd like to have a little cut of it before he gives it all away. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's right. And one of the big things that he did in the community, and this is no joke, I was still in Texas when it happened, when the big floods happened in Houston, he opened up his his showroom for people to sleep in there. All right? I mean, he he gave them a place to sleep when they were missed. You know, they didn't have a place place to live at that point. Matches Max a good dude, John. Hurricane Harvey forced so many people out of their homes, and he announced in his 100,000-square-foot showroom, which they had really good furniture, that people could come sleep, sit, use everything. He's got a restaurant, a cafeteria in his building for customers and for employees, and so he kept that open 24-7 so they could eat. And then after it was over and they all went home, I asked him, I said, what in the world did you do with all that furniture? He said, we had a Hurricane Harvey sale, and people came out and bought it. And uh, it turned out to be great for the community. It turned out to be great for him, too, because he is one smart guy. Now, that's one reason I like him doing gallery sports. He's all over TV and radio here doing ads for gallery furniture. But now he's doing them for gallery sports. And the first one, first employee mentions is me. Nice. I love it. I love it. Again, talking with John McClain from gallerysports.com and Sports Radio 610 now here on NSA Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. It's got a great ring to it. And, John, this is the first week of the NFL season, the preseason stuff, training camp stuff. It's all behind us. Over the years that you've been covering the NFL, how does this week feel for you just leading up to that first game, that first uh, that first game of the season? Coming to mind, it's, it, there's two great times in an NFL season. The first game – when just about everybody thinks they're going to the uh, Super Bowl or at least the playoffs, and I think that's I think it's great. And then the second time, of course, is when the playoffs actually begin. And I have I have been covering teams that were Super Bowl contenders, like for the Oilers during the Love You Blue and Run and Shoot eras, and then. Texans have never Super Bowl contender, but they did win the AFC South four times in five years. So we knew they weren't going to the Super Bowl, but it was still fun to cover a playoff team, as you guys know. And um, I think it's great the Raiders are starting with the Chargers, and uh, that's going to. There might the uh, SoFi Stadium might be a home field stadium for the Raiders, considering how many fans there are in LA. Not to mention how many will make the trip from Las Vegas, and so it's just so exciting at this time of the year. All the things we've heard about in the draft and free agency and OTAs and preseason, now it comes to fruition, and there's so many questions. What's Russell Wilson going to do? 
that uh, in Denver? What's Devontae Adams going to do for Derek Carr? Was Bill Belichick's offense playing possum in the preseason? Can Aaron Rodgers go to a Super Bowl for the first time since 2010? What happens to Tom Brady with an interior offensive line that has been decimated? And can the Cowboys be the first NFC East team to repeat as division champions since the Eagles in 2004. There's just Deshaun Watson when he comes off the suspension. It's just so many great things. And I'll tell you guys what, if this weekend is anything like the first big weekend of college football, it's going to be electric. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're looking forward to it. Can't wait to see what the Raiders do on Sunday at SoFi Stadium versus the Chargers. And, John, you know, you mentioned the preseason and training camp. How long for the guys that didn't participate, the Derek Carrs, the Darren Wallers, the Devontae Adams, those guys, how long do you think it gets? It takes them to get into a rhythm and actually get into regular season form? Did you see the really good college quarterbacks miss a beat? People always act like they got to have all these preseason games. My God, college football doesn't have – preseason games did that keep us from having exciting close uh (laughs) games going down to the wire in college football no and i don't think it's going to have a problem Derek carr coming off his best season he's got tremendous receivers as you guys know not just Devontae Adams, but hunter renfro darren wallace playing for a new contract uh I think they're going to be one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL, and what they do is going to come down, can they run the ball with Jacobs, and can they play the kind of defense that's needed to get in the playoffs playing in the toughest division in NFL history. All right, John, something that I want to ask you about, specifically the Raiders and Chargers, these are two teams with playoff aspirations, but just across the league when it comes to fans, how much stock should you put in your team winning or losing the first game of the season? The only thing that matters, and this is this is a fact of mine, as Casey Stengel used to say, you could look it up. What it means is this, if you lose, you can't go unbeaten. <laughs> a lot of teams have lost the first game and bounced back. If the, if the Raiders beat the Chargers or lose, does that mean they can't make the playoffs? No. What you don't want are injuries to your key players early in the season. It happens. It's going to happen. And you especially don't want it to happen to your quarterback. So fans are frothing at the mouth. So And media people don't like to say it, but I'm saying it. I love the start of football. I'm frothing at the mouth like a fan because I am a fan and not just the teams in Texas. I want to know what's going on around the league because there's so many intriguing storylines. I agree 100%. I'm that same fan, John. I really am. Love the, love the NFL. Love the action. Love this past weekend with college football. There's a lot of good stuff. But, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens all weekend long for the first week of the NFL season. Again, we're talking with John McClain from gallerysports.com, also Sports Radio 610. He's with us here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. You mentioned Darren Waller and him working for a new contract. He now has Drew Rosenhaus as his representation. You know Drew's been around the game for a long time. He gets it done. Uh, how quickly do you think that this can get done there's been reports that they want to get it done before the first game of the season well i'm sure they would like to and you know they've been doing a lot of negotiating on it i'm sure rosenhouse is i'm guessing he has a good relationship with ziegler because they've both been in the league for so long and i think waller wouldn't have gone with drew if he didn't think he could get it done and the raiders have been very fair on these contracts so i look for him to get it done if they don't get it done by 11 59 uh, PM on Saturday night, 
does that mean on Monday if they offer them what they want, they're not going to take it? Of course not. <laughs> so if they have to go past the first game, they'll do it. And you don't want your one of your top players being distracted unless they're asking for something astronomical that's not realistic. And Drew Rosenhaus usually is not that kind of agent. He certainly knows Scott Boris from baseball, who always wants his clients to get the best contract, even if it's not the best place for the player. All right, John, something that I want to ask you about, because now you're going to be writing about college football. <laughs> this Saturday, Alabama's going to Texas. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. <laughs> Don't even go there. Roll Tide. <laughs> How competitive do you think the game's going to be? Well, I'll tell you what gives UT an incredible advantage over everybody was Steve Sargeson decided not to put out a depth chart. And as I've said on every one of my shows here, that's the second dumbest thing I've ever seen next to the pole vaulting, pole, pole dancing Longhorns <laughs> last year. And so um, uh, the, the joke was the coaches are sitting around. Now, how can we beat Kansas? How can we avoid our first six-game losing streak again for the first time since the 50s? Oh, let's don't put out a depth chart. That'll help us beat Kansas. And you know what? It helped to beat University of Louisiana. And so now they're playing Alabama. Alabama, I think, is favored by 18. I think it'll be closer than people think. It is the toughest ticket in Texas history. If I had five tickets, I could retire and and move not in with Q, but down the street. <laughs> but then if you retired, you know you'd pick up something else anyway. You'd start doing something else as you always do. <laughs> I love it, John. Well, hey, fantastic stuff. Congratulations on your new jobs at gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610, which you've been there for a very long time. Uh, as I say all the time, John, I appreciate everything you've done for me in my career. It's been a lot, and you continue to do a lot, so I appreciate you, and congratulations. Hey, thank you very much, Q and DeMond. It's always great to be on with you guys. I look forward to the season. Look forward to talking to you next week. And good luck to the Raiders against the Chargers. There it is. Thank you so much, John. Appreciate you. There he goes, John McClain. Gallerysports.com is where you can find his work. Also, Sports Radio 610 does a fantastic job. And that's how I'm going to be, DeMond. I'm going to retire one day, and I'm going to stay retired for about 12 seconds. Be, oh, yeah, definitely. And be you. like, this ain't for me. <laughs> this ain't for me. This is for the birds. I need to get back to work. So that's that's what that is. But many thanks to John McClain and congratulations uh, to him. And, man, Mattress Mac, is, he is the dude, man. He is the guy, and he's really done. It's not. It's one thing to be a guy that makes a ton of money, but also to give back to the community the way he does. I mean, that's you got to salute that guy. So I can definitely appreciate him and understand why John wants to work alongside of him. 314 is the time when we come back. We'll go over the Raiders' updated depth chart for the game against the Chargers on uh, on Sunday. And also, we'll let you know where DeMond's going to be tonight. He's going to be out and about around town, and you need to be there with him. We'll tell you why and where next on Red Nation Radio 920. I used to care about people saying I'm a top top five receiver. You know, it start top ten, then it go top five, and then being the best. So at this point, like, I'm, I'm done making lists, like, all of that. Like, I don't even care about who, th- who you know, because let's say I'm not. Like, at the end of the day, it don't matter, like – that's not going to affect that that the way I go out there and play and the way that I attack the game. I attack the game like I want to be the best ever. So being the best in the game right now doesn't mean that much to me because I know where I am and I'm secure as a as a football player. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming up around 3.30, and I say around 3.30 because I'm not sure if it's out of the locker room yet. Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, also the RJ. 
give us an update on what he believes and here's from Darren Waller in the locker room seeing many many different people that are in the locker room tweeting about Darren Waller like Cassie Suttle I asked Raiders tight end Darren Waller about his decision to change his representation his answer here with a follow-up from Vinny Bonsignor so there's that <laughs> nothing really there except for at least what I heard in this little uh, you know 30 second clip was basically just trying to get the deal done and uh, he leaving he's leaving most of that up to his agent I didn't get to hear the whole thing did you get to uh, hear hear what he said there Damon I did, but I could just play it for you. Go for if it. If you want to just yeah. listen to yeah. it live here yeah. on the air. That, that would be the best way to do it instead of me trying to uh, translate what happened. Here we go. What went into the decision to change your representation? Uh, I just thought it was the best uh, decision for me at the time. Um, I appreciate Clutch. They did a lot of good things for me. I'm not going to stand up here and act like they didn't do anything. They did a lot of good things for me, but just at this moment in time, I felt like it was good for me to go in a different direction. Eric, do you think that that will expedite, hopefully, the process of, of getting a, a new deal? Uh, we'll see, man. I there's not really a lot of things that I can control, you know. I, I have faith in my representation, and whether it goes one way or or it, or it doesn't, uh, I'll be playing football. So just uh, let it happen how it does. I know I've said it a thousand times, but Darren Waller is. I mean, he's a pro's pro. I mean, really, you know, he's he's going about things all the right way. You know, there's so many times that we can come on here and talk about guys that are going about things the wrong way, but you continue to hear his answer. That's between my representation and the team. You know, if it goes one way, it goes one way. If it goes the other way, it goes the other way. I'll be out here playing football. You know what I mean? Like, I can't do anything but respect that. And really that's can't. the most important part for Raider fans. It's, hey, right. he, he's letting you know. That's your answer for people. Hey, is Darren Waller going to play? Is he holding right. out? No, he's letting you know that, hey, I'm going to be out there playing football no matter what happens with the contract negotiations. Exactly. So we'll talk to Ed Graney coming up in probably less than 10 minutes. We'll see uh, exactly when he's ready. Uh, if he's still in the locker room, we'll give him a few more minutes. Of course, we have Lincoln Kennedy coming up at 4 o'clock. So we'll talk to Ed before 4 o'clock, that's for sure. We'll get him sometime this hour uh, to get his thoughts from inside the locker room as the locker room is open now. Uh, that's awesome. It's the first time since the Raiders have been here in Las Vegas that the locker room has been open following practice like this because of, obviously, the COVID issues. So uh, this is going to be a good time. i got to figure out a way to get them to do this a little bit earlier so I can make sure I'm there. But <laughs> as of right now, you know, we're here on the radio, and that's okay. We're going to definitely hold it down, and we'll, we'll lean on our colleagues that are out there and actually in the locker room to, to bring us what we might be missing out on. But speaking of missing out on, what I don't want you to do is miss out on what's going down tonight. My man DeMond's going to be on the scene. The LV Aces, one game away from punching their ticket to the finals. We talk about the Aces all the time here on the radio station and on this show in particular because the Aces are very important, not only to us, not only to Las Vegas, but also Raiders owner Mark Davis, who is also the Aces owner. They are one game away from punching their ticket to the finals. If you didn't watch that game on Sunday, you're bad. <laughs> if you didn't watch that game on Sunday, you're bad. I'm still recovering. Myself, Vegas Jess, uh, Jason, the wife, uh, Demi, Michelle, uh, we were all sitting there watching the game. And man, the roller coasters of emotions went from <laughs> yay, no, yay. I mean, it just was up and down and up and down. The Aces come out on top uh, with a big overtime win. And uh, again, they're one game away. So with that being said, Damon, where are you going to be at tonight? I'm going to be at Parkway Tavern down in the district in Green. Valley Ranch. That's out there in Henderson if you want to come on out. I've hosted one of these before out there, and it was a great turnout before, so I'm expecting that same energy. Yeah, absolutely. It should be bigger and better. It's, yeah, a, it's a game now, to punch your ticket to the I finals. This was a game for the Sparks. This was a regular season game right. for the Sparks, and people came out right. and showed their support. I mean, so many people with their merch, with their jerseys, and if you do come wearing some merch or a jersey, any Aces gear, you get a free Miller Lite. 
Ooh. So I'm just saying, it's Miller time. There you go. Absolutely. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Again, it's going to be at the Parkway Tavern in the district right there in Henderson. It's actually right around the corner from the house. Might as well um, come stop by. I was going to stop by. This was the thing. I was going to stop by, but there's actually a, a Raiders media thing going on this evening that I got to be a part of as well. So if I have time, depending on what time it wraps up, I'll definitely come on over, slide over before the game's uh, over, but I just won't be able to be there right at the beginning. But you will be there. Represent, and you'll have all kind of prizes to give away. I mean, Motley Crue, like the same tickets that we we gave in, we gave away last week. Yeah, Motley Crue, Death Leopard. That's this week, huh? That's Joan Jet. Yeah, that, is that Friday? It's I think it is. So you can enter to yep. win yep. tonight at the game if you haven't won to call in for the show. And also, if they win, they're going to the finals. Right. That's going to be a celebration right there, man. If they win, they go to the finals, and it'll be the first time that they host the finals game since being here in Las Vegas. Woo! I'm, I'm excited for this. I think it was Willie who tweeted, and sometimes you see the hyperbole. He was like, this may be the best WNBA game of all time. And it was just sometimes you see people say that about a game, right? and it's like, ah, oh, man, get over it. You're a prisoner of the moment. right? But maybe he was right. Well, I'll tell you right now, man, that game had, again, like I said, all the emotions packed up into about, I don't know, 20 seconds or whatever it was. I mean, it was just ridiculous. It was it was nuts. When when I think back and, and really realize how that whole game shook out and how the legendary Sue Bird looked like she ended the game and won it for the Storm, only to have that victory snatched away from the Storm by the Aces, and then they they just, I mean, they pummeled them in, in overtime. They had, they had took their soul. You know, they reached into Jackie Young, <laughs> reached into Seattle's soul, reached right into their heart and just yanked it out. They were done. And Chelsea Gray? Dominant, just a monster. monster. And you know what also it also has for a great game for people like just that lore of a great game for people to argue about it for years to come? They should have called that travel. <laughs> I feel like a great game needs that one play where it's just they wouldn't have even been in it if the refs would have called it. Right. But when it's your team, it's yeah, too bad, too sad. Well, you know, traveling is one of those things that they don't call that often. I will say that was one of the first things I said as soon as I saw the play happen. <laughs> I go, wasn't that a travel? <laughs> but And then the other thing that I said, and I actually talked about this earlier this morning with Natalie. Uh, she's wearing her Aces gear. She's all fired up for the game as well. I said, I swear when Sue Bird hit that three-pointer, and I was talking about it was with Vegas Jess and, and Jason at the game, I swore that the clock said about point eight. It did. Okay, it did. It did. And You're then, not wrong. Okay, and then when they took the ball out, it said 1.8. And I was like, man, how'd they get that extra second? I ain't mad because they got time to run a play, but they got an extra second out of nowhere. But maybe it's just, I don't know. I don't know when the timeout was called, but I know when that ball went through the hoop for Sue Bird, I saw on the shot clock it said point eight. So I'm thinking, okay, whatever. But uh, hey, you know, man, it's a little Las Vegas cooking. No, I'm just I kidding. know the conspiracy. Th- oh, it was in Seattle, so right. I know. Conspiracy yeah, theorists. Hey, you know, if Las Vegas is involved, <laughs> anything is possible. <laughs> Even Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> Three twenty-seven is the time. We'll take a quick break. Make sure you join Demond tonight for real. Be uh, go out there support the Aces. Go out there and support Demond. ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station. He'll be representing. Going to have a good time. I'll definitely stop by at some point. But Parkway Tavern in the district. You can't miss it. It's a good time out. Uh, everything gets started around 7 o'clock. Tip-off is about 7.15. And if you can't make it out, you can listen to the game on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. 3.27 is the time. Speaking of ESPN Las Vegas, Ed Graney from that very station will join us next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Dwight hit us up on Twitter. Said Q, the broadcast crew for the LV Aces game on Sunday said there was .8 seconds left. The clock we saw was wrong. Because of that, I think they said .8 a couple times. I don't know what was going on. I don't. But I know when I looked up and I saw .8, and then I saw 1.8 on the TV, I thought, hmm, okay. 
But it worked out really well for the Aces, and tonight they can close things out and punch their tickets to the finals. We'll talk more about that and let you know where to catch them on a little bit later in the show. Right now, from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas and also the Las Vegas Review-Journal is Ed Graney, fresh out the Raiders locker room and uh, very... Not angry, but very disappointed that I'm not there and wasn't I there. Know. <laughs> you know, I, I know. First day, first day of locker room access. I was thinking about you. Yeah, you got to, you got to be, you know, all responsible and work. You're not like the rest of us, right? Exactly. Um, you're actually being responsible. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of, it was weird, you know, because it's just been so long since we've been in the locker room. Um, you know, same rules as the stadium. Don't step on the logo. Right. Um, wait till they're ready to talk and. Uh, then approach so uh yeah it was good a lot of you know uh i think the main man was darren waller Mm -hmm. in terms of the media around him huge scrum around him and then other guys kind of came in and out you know these guys know these guys know what it's about man if they want to talk they're going to come to the locker if not they've got you know they can lift or go eat or do whatever until the 45 minutes is up so how did you uh, take away what, what Darren Waller had to say? I saw Cassie tweet out a, a video of what she asked him about changing his representations. What did you think about his answer? And what do you think about his answer to Vinny's follow-up about just, you know, hurry up and getting the deal done sooner rather than later? Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you were here, I think you would have thought the same thing. He said what we thought he'd say. You know, I'm going to play. I'm ready. Um, nothing against clutch sports. I just thought I had to make a change, um, you know, the agent's going to take care of it. I mean, I just think that he, you know, he said a lot of things and didn't say much, um, but I didn't expect him to either. And I don't know if he should, to tell you the truth, Hugh. I mean, I think at this point, these guys' focus must be completely on Sunday and the Chargers, and I think he knows that. So he wasn't going to say anything that, you know, would make make big headlines or get big sound bites or anything like that, and I don't think he should at this point. He's got a really good agent, power, power agent in the league, and, you know, if, if anything happened, I'm sure Rosenhaus can make it happen for him. So wasn't surprised he kind of took the calm, you know, calm uh, way of, of, of his quotes and stuff like that. And I don't blame him. I think that's how he should be until, you know, something gets done. Right. I agree. And speaking of something getting done, there's been rumors and reports that Drew Rosenhaus and company are trying to get something done before Sunday's game. Do you think that that happens or do you think that's too quick? I have to stay on my prediction I made on the press box that it's going to happen before then. Okay. So. With each passing day, I'd like to go back on that prediction, but I'm not allowed to. So um, I might as well stay with it. Yeah, I mean, I think they'd like to. I mean, look, obviously you want something. You'd like to have something done before the season. And I think if the team is open to getting something done, they'd like it to happen before the season, right? I mean, you want this guy. This team has a chance to be pretty good, and the offense has a chance to be really good. And you don't want it to be, even though, you know, I think, I don't know how much it would be like this, but you don't want it to be, hey, Every you know every scrum with him is about that, right? You know you just you don't want that to happen. I don't know if that would happen or not, but you don't want it to be that way. So if you get the deal done, then all he has to do is talk about football and talk about you know the team and how you know if it's playing well, if it's not playing well, we don't know what's going to happen with it. Uh, but yeah, I mean I think uh, I think they I think both sides if both sides are open to it and obviously his side is open to it, they'd like to get something done before the season. Um, I think that would be best for everybody. Yeah, I agree 100%. Again, we're talking with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, and also the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Fresh out the Raiders locker room today, opened up to the media after practice for the first time in a very long time, and we're getting Ed's uh, reactions. And uh, speaking of, and I don't think this was probably talked about in the locker room, but uh, they're in a, in a game week, and there is no veteran offensive lineman added to the 53-man roster. Are you surprised by that? I guess I am because you and I have talked about this for so long that we thought eventually something would happen and they're days away from the game and it hasn't happened. So, look, this is obviously, unless something you know kind of goes at the end here, this is who they're rolling with. Um, I don't know if they didn't like what the market bore. Um, I don't know if you know they just think, hey, 
we're going to coach them up and they're going to be better than they were last year. I mean, they only they know the reasons. But, yeah, I, I'm surprised. I think most people are surprised they didn't add somebody, of, you know, a certain ilk in terms of trying to come in and, you know, whether it's that right tackle spot or, or somewhere else that they would have added someone. But they didn't. So these are probably the guys for Sunday. And, you know, they need to play well Sunday. I mean, I think uh, – I, I, I really I think it's fascinating. Uh, we talked to Hunter Renfro about this today in terms of, you know, what this offense is going to look like now that these guys are all going to play. Um, but the offensive line is, you know, that's the key part, right? I mean, Derek Carr is going to need time to make all these weapons work, so we'll have to see how they play Sunday. But that's going to be the narrative on Sunday. I think that's where everyone's eyes are going to be. And if they do hold up, then I think they have a great chance. I I think it could be a great game, man. I think it's a fair number at four. The Chargers being four, I think that's a fair number. They are at home and they're really good. Um, but you know, kind of like the dog, if they can complete, if they if they can if they can protect Derek Carr, kind of like the dog. All right, Ed, about this being a game week, and I know this is the first day of Christmas or the first day of school with you guys having <laughs> the locker room access. But was there any difference in the way that practice was ran from what you guys were able to see today? Well, we only get the first several minutes because in the, in the regular season, uh, we're, we're asked to leave after that. So you really only get stretching and some drills, so we don't see much practice. Um, and that's how it is in the regular season with the NFL. Um, so you kind of watch and get your pictures and your video as much as you can, and then you're kind of asked to leave, and you go back, and then you wait till the locker room opens. So I can't tell you if it was any different. We're not going to be able to do that now going forward that it's the regular season. But I can tell you uh, we promoted the you-know-what out of your appearance at the Aces game tonight. So uh, – I hope I hope that helps you out and you get a full crowd. Boom! See, there you oh, go. Wow, look at that! Thanks, that's Ed. Class, oh, yeah. That's class participation right there. Let oh me, yeah. Let me ask yeah. you this, Ed. Was there? Well, that's because that's because the teacher told us to. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> see, <laughs> see, Demon has no idea. Demon has no idea how much the teacher be working in the background, but uh, he, he he's learning, Ed. He's learning. L- let me ask you this though: was the was there any extra little vibe from the players in the locker room about it being a game week as opposed to preseason and training camp? Not the ones I got to. Um, you know, Hunter's always really, really good with the media. Yeah. Um, and I think he was excited about it. Um, you know, we're going to get Derek Carr and Devontae Adams tomorrow on the podium. So, you know, because if, if you don't, those scrums around those lockers are really, really big. And, yeah. You know, you, those guys really should just talk probably once a week. And then, you know, you have them at the podium and get that over with. Um, probably best for them. It's definitely best for them. It's probably best for everybody. Um, so, you know, I think, yeah, I think they're jacked up. I mean, we talked to Coach McDaniels this morning. He said you could feel the enthusiasm in the room when they came back this week, that it's a game week, um, and that they're all fired up. And, you know, he made a good point. You don't want to be too excited because you don't want to, you know, burn yourself out. Yeah. Um, you want to stay within yourself. And then, you know, but he said when the ball's kicked off, they're going to play with their hair on fire. So, yeah, I think they're all, I think they're all jacked up. And, um, and they should be. It's a, it's a, you know, look, it's a division matchup, mm-hmm. um, which really is kind of worth two points, people say, and then rather one point. Um, and it's a it's a big game against a team that you know some people are picking to go to the Super Bowl. Right. You know? I mean, a lot of people like the Chargers a lot. Um, so I think it's a huge opportunity for the Raiders. If you can go in and get down the road and start things off that way, that's a that's a big plus. Ed, just got a couple more questions for you, and one's about Devontae Adams. We actually had uh, uh, Tim Kewen on from ESPN. He wrote a really good piece uh, earlier. We had him on the show talking about Devontae Adams and kind of what makes him tick and, and just that he's a perfectionist. We haven't seen it in game action, but we've seen it at training camp. We saw it against the Patriots. What do you think it looks like when it's real, when the lights come on bright on Sunday against the Chargers? Well, first of all, you and I do not want to go whitewater rafting anytime soon. No. Uh, Because (laughs) I don't want to do that. I don't know about you, but we're friends, but I don't want to do that. No. Um, So, 
uh, you know, I, I mean, I think he's the best receiver in football. And I think, you know, he's done it for so long. And he's, you know, been in huge moments. Um, I think when the lights come on, he's going to be, he should probably be terrific. Um, I don't know why he wouldn't be. You know, there's just, you know, I mean, they've got a good defense over there. They've got some good guys. That comes back to the offensive line, though. You know, they've got some guys who can really go, as you know, on the edge. Um, so Derek needs time to make sure Devontae has, uh, has that kind of game. But I think when the lights come on, nothing will phase him. Maybe some other guys who haven't played as much. But when you're talking about probably, you know, arguably the best receiver in football, um, I think he'll just be fine. And, and he'll, he, if they protect Derek, I think he'll have a really good game. All right, Ed, speaking of Devontae Adams, but the rest of this offense, how do you expect it to look? I mean, Josh McDaniels earlier today, he was equating it to ice cream. <laughs> so, which, flavors. so which flavor yeah. of ice cream would you give this Raiders offense and what you expect to see in game one against the Chargers? Well, my favorite uh, is uh, uh, peanut butter and chocolate and gold medal ribbon. So I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I thought I'd put that out there. Um, I thought that was a very unique analogy about the ice cream. And then he actually came back to it and says, we don't know what's in we got to see what's on our cone. Uh, so he didn't give himself any ice cream at this point. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think over the course of the year, see, I, I've watched a lot of props around town. You know, Devontae could go under on his numbers, and that could be really good for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because that means Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller and others are also having big years. They could all... You know, they could all go under on their numbers, and it could still be a really good winning season because that means it's being spread around. So, you know, I think people get caught up in, like, oh, his props and he's this and he's that. And while he's great, um, I think it's better for them if, you know, more and more people get involved um, and you're not keen on him every time, and that will make him even better. So I actually um, know a lot of people who went under on the props because of that very reason because they're like, look, you're not giving enough credit to Waller and Renfro with those numbers. Um, they could have huge years, too, like they've had. So I think when the lights go on, he'll be great, um, as he should be. Uh, you know, he gets paid to be great, and um, I think I think they'll be elite uh, at, at the wide receiver level. Yeah, no, I, I think so, too. And, look, he doesn't have to have the numbers he had in Green Bay because there's a lot more weapons no. around him, right? So that, right, right. that makes all the sense. And, oh, by the way, they have a run game with about 18 running backs, too. So yeah. <laughs> they, they have a deep, deep running back room. Yeah, to say the least. Well, uh, Ed, final question for you. As far as the Raiders go, uh, how about that defense? You know, uh, we were talking about the defense earlier today. Marcus Spears on NFL Live said if the Raiders' defense starts playing really well, they could easily end up being the best team in football. And I wasn't willing to go that far, but what, what, what's, like, realistic for this Raiders defense? How do you think that they can come out under Patrick Graham this year? See, and that's – that's if, if the offensive line is mystery number one, the defense, right, I think you'll agree, is mystery number two. We know who's on the edge. We know how much pressure they're going to get. But what's going to happen in the back end? And I don't know if I'd go as far as the Super Bowl, but I'll tell you what, if they have a really good defense, they're going to win a lot of games because I just, I just believe that offense is going to have a chance to be really, really good. So that's mystery number two. I, you know, and, and so much has been made of the offense of Devontae Adams and Renfro and all these guys. Not a lot of people have talked defensively. Yep. And I, in the media also, I'll, I'll throw us in there. We haven't talked much about it in, in terms of defensively. So that's going to be another thing to watch on Saturday, because excuse me, Sunday, because they're going against one of the best quarterbacks in the league, um, who's terrific. So uh, I agree with you there. I, can I put a number on it? No. But if they're really good, or you know, that ain't no really good. If they're a competent defense and don't give up a ton of big plays, it's just going to go more and more towards, I think, you know, the season they can have because of that offense. 
I agree. And that, that was one of our biggest things that we talked about, starting off the whole show talking about the defense. You know, if, if the defense is, is, is stepping up and they're a lot better in the red zone than they were a year ago, uh, this team could be really good, you know. But there's a lot of questions, like you mentioned, that still need to be answered yeah. on that defensive side of things. So we'll see how it shakes out. Ed, before we let you go, uh, speaking of Saturdays, uh, UNLV is playing Cal. Uh, what are yeah. your thoughts on this game uh, as Marcus Arroyo tries to win two in a row? Well, it's not Idaho State, but I think they know that. They had a bye, you know, an early bye, so you got to take advantage of that. Um, Cal did have a game this last week. I think the number's 13, uh, and I think they can go up there if Doug Brunfield plays like he did. Now, you know, they're not going to have those numbers against Cal. Right. But if they don't turn the ball over, that's huge on the road, as you know. If they don't turn the ball over, I'll be surprised if they're not in it in the fourth quarter. I think, you know, again, if you start turning the ball over on the road against a Pac-12 team, whether it's a good or bad Pac-12 team, and I don't think Cal's a very good Pac-12 team, they're going to be bigger. They're going to be more physical, probably at a lot of spots. But I think if they don't turn the ball over, they're in it in the fourth quarter. There you go. That's all you can ask for is being in it in the yeah. fourth quarter. And, Ed, we got a text on our Salmon Ash text line, uh, 69187, keyword R&R. Gold medal ribbon is the best from Basket Robbins. So there, there you go. go. There you go, baby. <laughs> Verified. It's the, it's the birthday cake every year, Q. There it is. Well, see, there you go. Verified. There you go. Ed Grady said it, and it's been verified by our texture. So we thank you for that. Ed, what do you got coming out on the RJ? What do you got coming out on uh, ESPN Las Vegas we need to be on the lookout for? I actually spent a lot of time with uh, Jakob Johnson, the fullback today. I'm going to write a, a piece on him. Uh, obviously, really interesting guy from Germany. Great guy. Great guy. He was hilarious. Telling us about when he came to America, uh, the two things he could not believe is how good uh, Mountain Dew was and that you could get 21 burgers at Crystal uh, at the same time. He, he never heard about that. <laughs> um, so, you know, he thought everyone would look like New York because all he watched growing up was American movies. So I'm, I'm looking forward to writing that. And then uh, on the press box, we'll do Raiders and Golden Knights and keep everybody up with uh, everything happening locally. Nice. I like Hold that. Hold on, Ed. I've got to say, I had Mountain Dew last night, and I was thinking to myself, Mountain Dew is becoming my favorite soda. So, man, me and Jakob Johnson got something in common there. He couldn't believe He couldn't believe it. He said it blew his mind. He said Mountain Dew blew my mind. I guess I don't know if that means it's good or bad, but I was guessing it was good. There Did you, you ask go. him if he had the Baja Blast as well? <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> I mean, come on. He didn't ask about the bot. Look, now no. you now you didn't got Demond on a whole nother rabbit hole. No. See, that's what happens, Ed. Well, hey, we appreciate you. Great stuff as Thanks, always. Buddy. Thanks for making some time for us. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you guys. All right, there he goes, Ed Grady, ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, also the Las Vegas Review Journal. I look forward to that piece on uh, on Jakob. I think that'll be fun uh, because you never know, man. When guys come from different places, you don't never know what they think. You know what they what they expect. I know when I went to Texas, I can tell you what I expected and what I saw was two different things. <laughs> I love your experience. Your trip from California to Texas could be equated from Germany to America. Well, it really can't be, but man, I'll tell you, it was a whole different world, brother. From the way I got there to the way I exited, that was a different. That's a whole different world. But uh, there you go. Three forty-seven is the time. Many thanks to Ed Granny. We definitely appreciate his time. Coming up next, we got a bunch of texts we want to get to before we get to Lincoln Kennedy to start the third hour of the show. This is Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got a few text messages on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. You can always chime in on the show the same way, or you can call us at 702-365-9200. I know we haven't really had time for calls this show because we've been loaded with some great guests. Tim Kewen, John McClain, Ed Graney. We still got Lincoln Kennedy on the way, but we'll still have time for you. So we definitely want to hear from you. Mailman Raider, he texted in. Talking about the Raiders' defense. Q, I think this defense will start out slow. Like bottom half of the league. But I think after game five or six, when they start firing on all cylinders, then they have the potential to be and will be a top 10 D. 
the back half of the year. Ooh, that would be that would be dangerous, right? That would be dangerous if that's exactly what happens because you don't know if that's cost them games. And for the Raiders, early on in the schedule, they have a lot of division opponents. First five weeks, they play every team in the division. And not to mention, they play Tennessee, which is another AFC opponent. You want to win as many AFC. Of course, you want to win your division. You want to win as many AFC games as possible. That's where I thought, even though the Raiders hit that lull last year where they really struggled, I thought that's where they they really did well. Because early in the season, what were they doing? They were playing AFC opponents, and they were winning games. That, I thought, was important. you got to get those AFC wins. Like Josh McDaniel said earlier, that, that playoff, division games are like double. He's right. But AFC games in general, they mean a lot. So out of the first five games, they have four AFC opponents. Exactly. And then when that bye comes, like after that bye, that's where we know like, hey, can't take a game for granted in the NFL. But that's when the schedule gets a little bit easier. And if the team is clicking at that point, that's all fine and dandy. But though, like you said, those games in the too early to start the season, those are the games that are going to be hard. Right. Like those next those next three games coming out of the bye, everybody's chalking those up as that's a win, that's a win, that's a win. And no offense to the I'm about Saints. To say, don't do that, though. Know, don't I, do that. No, no that'll disrespect to the That'll te- come up and bite you on your ass. But when you're doing your projections, when we're like looking yeah. at the wins, you yeah, know, yeah. hey, you're going Texans, hey, right. that should be a win. That's a dub. Saints, right. that should be a win. That's going to be sneaky. Jaguars. That's a sneaky game right there, that Saints game, because it's in New Orleans the day before Halloween. That's a that's going to be a sneaky, dangerous game. Yeah, but to go to the Texter's point there that, hey, that's if you expect that that's one of the team's defense is really going to be firing, yeah. that's good. But for me, when I'm already looking at wins for the season, I already expected them to win those games on, on the calendar. Right. When you just have to look at when you play the schedule game, I'm already expecting those games to be wins. So if the defense is already firing at that point, good. But they've got to start the season. They can't, they can't afford to start the season off slow is my point. No, no, they really can't. They really can't. We also got a text about Andrew Billings listed on the depth chart ahead of Jonathan Hankins. And, yeah, currently Andrew Billings is listed on the depth chart. And we haven't gone over the depth chart that's been released for the Raiders for this week one. It's kind of cool to look at a, at a week one depth chart and, and realize that that's where it is as of September 6th. But I would take it with a grain of salt. Again, it is as of September 6th. I'll say this. Andrew Billings is very under-the-radar sneaky good. That's the first thing I'll tell you. He's really good. And what I mean by that is he's not going to ever have any kind of flashing numbers. He's never going to be some... He's not Aaron Donald, right? He's not going to be a guy that is just going to take over a game. But you know what Andrew Billings will do? His job. He'll do his job. He's a, he's a, he's a guy that's not very big. He's about six foot one, but he's over three bills, and he's just a, he's a tank and, and a strong dude. I mean, he's not like an out-of-shape dude. He's, he's a tank. He's a very strong dude to the point where he won weightlifting... Uh, competitions, right? I mean, him, uh, you, and and Deuce Gruden should all get in the room together. Maybe Willie Ramirez, too, get in the room together and just have a liftoff. Because those those dudes and Andrew Billings can get after it. But he's really good. And you saw it. I can't remember exactly. Oh, it was Minnesota. The Vikings uh, preseason game. You saw down there by the goal line when Minnesota was right there about to punch it in. Andrew Billings did a really good job of being able to shed the block at the point of attack and help make the, the tackle when they were trying to run the ball in. And ultimately, on that drive, and I know it's preseason, on that drive, they end up settling for a field goal. He's really good at that. The other thing I wouldn't worry about, him being in front of Jonathan Hankins as of right now, remember, Jonathan Hankins missed a lot of preseason and a lot of training camp. So he might not be actually technically conditioned right to now to be number one on the depth chart. So I wouldn't really take a whole lot and say, oh, man, there's a lot to look at. Like right now, Zamir White is listed on the running back depth chart as fourth. So... I, again, 
just take it with a grain of salt. It's Josh Jacobs, Brandon Bolden, Amir Abdullah, Zamir White, and Brenton Brown. Uh, they're both representing the fourth spot. I wouldn't even worry about that, right? I mean, this is just what they are putting out because they have to put something out. I wouldn't take it to mean a whole lot. It's something for us to talk about, but it doesn't mean more. Like, don't put too much stock into it. Uh, we'll, we'll find out what happens on game day. And, and what really matters is the actives and the inactives. Uh, let's go out quickly to the phone line, 702-365-9200. Who we got up? Tim in Texas. Tim at the Lone Star State. What's up, Tim? How you guys doing? We're blessed. Um, just to kind of piggyback on what you were talking about uh, earlier about uh, the AFC team that they have to play at first, that was the same thing I said last year that um, uh, at the beginning of the season that if they could beat Miami and Baltimore and Pittsburgh, at least at least go you know five hundred against the, uh, the first four because the first four people that they played was all AFC teams, mm-hmm. and at the end of the season that really with them beating Baltimore and Pittsburgh and Miami, um, and there was another team lumped in there that said no, that was those was the ones that they beat at first. Um, that helped them out at the end of the season because Miami and Baltimore and Pittsburgh was the ones that was fighting for that last spot. Yep. And then it, and then it really helped them out when they beat the Colts. That uh that 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 helped them out a lot too beating the Colts. But Pittsburgh, Miami, and uh, Baltimore was the ones that was on their heels right there at the end of the season. Yep. That's a great point, Tim. Great point. Thank you so much for that call. Yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about. Got to get those AFC wins. And I know that what the Chargers were lumped in there too. That was that uh, that game that was weather delayed, right? Wasn't that wasn't that that wasn't that this year? Yeah, it was. Was that this past year? Mm-hmm. They all was it the lightning delay? Yeah. That happened inside of a stadium? Yeah. Yes. That was this past year? Monday Night Football. Okay, there you go. We read oil. That, yes. Thank you. There you go. That was a late night that night. That's right. It was. That's right. Okay. Hey, man. Good call, brother. <laughs> all these days, all these years, all club them together. 357 is the time. One guy who's got it all straightened out. That's Lincoln Kennedy. He's on the Raiders Radio Network. Of course, former offensive lineman as well. He'll join us to start off hour number three of the show. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.